Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filibusters Radio. Mike here along with John. Filibusters? Wait a minute. That's, that's our show? Yeah. We're here to talk, remember? We need to talk. Oh, yeah. We, oh, I, I can't even get that right. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. What are we doing here? Who do we need to talk to today, Mike? Because oh, I'm... Uh... We, I'm excited about this one. This is, this is going to be fun. Okay. This is going to be fun. So we have Sam Robinson here, who is the vice chairman of the Chinook Indian Nation. Oh, nice. Welcome. Hello. It's good to be here, and I appreciate you having me here today to tell our Chinook story. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I've i learned a lot in the last couple months. We met a couple months ago, and, and I was really exposed, I would say, for the first time to the story and was compelled by it, and I really wanted to bring you on here and and be able to tell that story. So we'll just start this off with a real simple question. Who are the Chinook? Who are the Chinook? Well... First, I'd like to start, I always like to, you know, uh, introduce myself through my lineage. Okay. And uh, my name's Sam Robinson, and uh, my father's Scott Robinson, and uh, his mother was uh, Dora Clark. And Dora Clark's mother was Annie Hawks, and uh, Annie Hawks' father was uh, John Hawks. And John Hawks was enrolled up at Chowater Bay, and he was married to a Chehalis woman, Nellie Cecina. And John Hawks' mother was uh, Chai East, or, or Catherine George, and uh, um, she was a Willapaw woman. And uh, she was married to a Lower Chinook man, uh, Thomas Huxwelt. And Thomas Huxwelt, he was a signer of the 1851 Anson Dart Treaty over mm. at Tansy Point in Oregon. And uh, so that's how, why I'm able to be here with you today. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, we were, we were talking a little bit before the, before the show here, the, how lineage is is so important and a lot of us that aren't native to this area or to this land don't don't know our lineage and how important it is for 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 you to to always recognize that you know it's it's, it's hugely important because you know throughout history you know the uh, federal government wanted us to forget who we were hmm. you know whether it be through boarding schools or what else was going on in history you know they didn't want us to remember that so it's we feel very proud. You know, I, I feel proud today that, you know, my granddaughter could stand up and go back seven generations, mm. you know. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we'll go back to my, my original question. Who are the Chinook? Who are the Chinook? Well, you know, um, when the Europeans came in, you know, they always wanted to create maps. And they, they, generally they did the maps by language, mm. you know. And so Chinook people were earmarked from all the way up from the Dalles to the mouth of the Columbia River, down to Tillamook and up into the Willapaw Bay. But as treaties were being signed, some of the upper river people, the Wasco, you know, went to Warm Springs, and some went to Yakima. And in the Middle River, the Willamette Valley Treaty was signed, and three of the tribes in this Middle River area, they ended up in uh, Grand Ronde, you mm. know. And um, the Chinook Indian Nation, the you know, the, the nation that I represent as vice chairman, uh, we, we start about Oak Point. And on the Oregon side, we have the Kathlamet and the Clatsop Indians. And then on the Washington side, we have the Willapaw, Wakayakim, and Lower Chinook. You know, and for years, people kept, you know, because our tribal office is in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, they kept saying, we're a Washington tribe. And we kept telling them, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're on both sides of the river. That river was not a divider. It was a freeway for our people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your, uh, as vice chairman, what is your role with the tribe? My role? Or with well, the nation? I've been on council for 19 years. I, you know, I, I lose track of time. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't can't remember. I think I've been vice chairman probably for the last nine or ten years. Right, yeah. uh, 
you know, of course, I take on responsibilities as chairman when he can't be there. Yeah, and that, that's hugely. But me personally, I feel that my, my biggest role is outreach, you know, letting people know about our Chinook people, mm-hmm. um, educating people, you know, getting out to schools or, uh, you know, working on different things, you know, and committees. We have committees, of course, you know, many <laughs> of the committees I'll be on, you know, and and uh, one of the committees I'm really working hard with today is uh, our natural resources con- committee, because mm. I really want I really want our people to know what Mother Earth have, has to offer in foods and medicines, mm. and be able to take advantage of those resources and uh, get them back into that. Well, you know, you never know. Someday down the road, we may have to depend on all of that. Yeah, because full circle. <laughs> yes, so. definitely, definitely. So, so where are you from in this area? I was born in South Bend, down in the uh, Willapaw Bay, you know, the home of my ancestors. And about a year, about when I was a year old, um, we moved up to uh, La Center. Uh, my grandfather was building the Robinson Cold Storage over in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my dad would came up to help him out. So I, I've lived in Clark County for 61 years plus, mm-hmm. and I've lived in Vancouver for over 40 years. All right. Yeah. All right. So... You know that the Chinook have a uh, interesting story, and and I and I I'm sorry I keep bumping the microphone. Gosh, John. Well, you know. Hang on one second. I'm going to move something so I don't bump it again. There we go. I don't want to interrupt our conversation here. So, interesting uh, story. Like I said, I I'm new to all of it, and I found it very intriguing. Your struggle, if you will, uh, to seek federal status. And and first, can you explain what federal status is for 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 a tribe? And, and then why you would even want it? Well, federal status, you know, it means the federal government recognizes you, you know, and that could have happened in different ways. It could have been through treaties. You know, they recognize you as an Indian, you sign a treaty, so you have this, you know, have this contract with the federal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, our tribe, uh, in, uh, like I said, in uh, 1851, went to Tansy Point. Uh, they made sure that everybody that was Chinook at that time that survived the, you know, the diseases and so forth, because we lost over 95% of our population. Hmm. But they wanted to make sure all those folks that did survive were there for the signing of the treaties. And uh, when we, you know, the government recognized us as a tribe, and they said, well, we need to, you know, in order to purchase our land, that was a world doctrine, you know, could only do it in two ways. And one was to buy the land or go to war and take the land. Hmm. And so the federal government was, you know, uh, wanting to buy the land, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so we sat down and, and we signed the treaties in good faith. And, those, the, you know, that first treaty was taken uh, back to D.C. Uh, there was two things that were going on. Uh, Chinook, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when was this approximately? 1851. 1851, yeah. okay. And so in 1851, we signed the treaty and uh, uh, they took the treaty back. And now a little back up a little bit further before the treaties, you know, when Captain Gray came in the, into the coast and the Astors came into the Astoria area, uh, Hudson Bay came in. They all, they all well, it was well documented that Chinook people were really good to, you know, the, them as they came in and real friendly. Hmm. Well, when we signed the treaties and they were taken back to D.C., there was probably a handful of folks that were complaining that, one, the treaties didn't move as far enough away. Because most treaties, when, the, when you signed a treaty, they were, you were marched off somewhere else. Hmm. And often when you signed a treaty... You know, like some of these people that signed treaties up 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 in the Middle River and so forth, they're they're they were marched off somewhere else to become someone else. Mm. You know, so you're mm-hmm. going to another reservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, our treaty, we we convinced Anson Dart that we didn't want to leave the bones of our ancestors, 
So he, he was going to, our reservation was going to be the, you know, the South Willapaw Bay area, you know, down by the Nacelle River, which would have been perfect for us. And, uh, um, but anyway, so the treaty was taken back to the Senate, and uh, there was about six people that complained that it didn't move <laughs> as far enough. Wow. But the, I think the big thing was is that they, they, they were told that not to worry about Chinook, that we're so infected with malaria that we'd all be gone. Huh. And hmm. yeah, and um, it didn't take them but uh, but about uh, three years to figure out we hadn't perished. So they invited to this Chehalis River Treaty up, up in the Hokriam area. Okay. And the Chehalis River Treaty, uh, they invited uh, Chehalis, Calitz, and Chinook, and we all went up there. Governor Stevens, the governor of the territory, mm -hmm. you know, was there to negotiate for I think it was about three days. Um, he tried everything, you know. Uh, he offered us hat, a hat full of gold. He held out a hat and said, "We'll fill this with gold and give it to you if you sign these treaties Jeez. and move up to Chihale, or move up to uh, um, Quinault uh, or up to Yakima." So we're going to either move up to a, a small reservation where our enemies of thousands of years, we're going to live with them and become them, hmm. or we're going to move totally out to Columbia River and, you know live with you know live up in Yakima and we didn't want to do that we told him we signed a treaty that we weren't going to we didn't want his money you know that we wanted to you know stay with the bones of our ancestors to be who we were and, and how many years later was this after the 1851 this was three years later just 1854 three years later. yeah okay. just three years later okay. yeah and so uh, uh the other thing that he did is he threatened to put our people in boats and take them off to push them off the shore and, and set those boats on fire. So, like I said, he tried everything. Well, that's a negotiation tactic there. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. So he, he, we, we totally refused. We mm. totally refused. And uh, he walked out on us. Mm. And this was just, just slightly less than 50 years after Lewis and Clark made their trip out to this area. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so meanwhile, you know, we, we went back home, you know, and we hunkered down, you know, in our areas down there on the lower Columbia River. We still have families today that never left their, you know, their traditional territories and, oh. or in the Willapaw Bay, you know, and we hunkered down down there. The blue coats were down there, you know, they were always down there, Fort Columbia and so forth. So my, my, my thought today, my personal thought today is that if it wasn't for the Civil War, they probably would have went to war with us. And the mm. Civil War broke out, and all the bluecoats went away because they went to fight amongst themselves. Mm. So I think the Civil War had maybe some play in saving Chinook, you know, mm. what Chinook people were left. But like I said, we strongly, we, we, we just refused. We refused to, you know, leave the bones of our ancestors. We refused to go somewhere else to become somebody else. And and today, you know, we, we, we're pretty strong in our culture and, and our ways, and, and we know where the bones of our ancestors are. And I travel on the Columbia River, you know, often in canoe and uh you know the ancestors are with us you know they travel in that light fog out there on the on the columbia river with us mm -hmm. and i've seen i've seen things happen that were mm -hmm. just just so spiritually uplifting that you know that they are with you mm. so cool. yeah so so the 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 struggle if you will for for not only staying on your ancestral lands but to get that federal status continued um well into the 20th century and so fast forward to this was approximately about was about 30 years ago that you guys started having some conversations with um 
the federal government again? Yeah, in the in the seventies, about forty seven, years ago. Yeah, about seventy. Sorry, John. The seventies were forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Not thirty. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, in this. Well, you know, <laughs> the, the federal government recognized Chinook all along. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, I mean, they paid us for our lands. Uh, they, you know, they t- they actually uh, uh, some of my great aunties were taken to boarding school as Indians. Uh, you know, so they're, they're always recognizing Chinook as Indians, treating us as Indians mm-hmm. uh, throughout history. I, I have a timeline when I teach at Clark College, you know, I give them a five-page timeline of just, just page after page, just evidence of that, you know, the federal government knew that we were Indians and were treating us as Indians. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they just didn't, you know, they didn't want to take care of our status. Now, in the, in the 70s, you know, we, we, we went, to, it was in the 60s, I believe, a little late 60s, we were looking for some uh, health care or some help for some of our elders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was at that time that the federal government told us we weren't a federally recognized tribe. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, they didn't even t- tell us, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. until we wanted to, you know, acquire something. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, there's a new process, and it's called the federal recognition process. And I believe that started around 73, maybe, maybe just a couple of years later, but... So we decided to go into it, and it was supposed to be a quick process, supposed to be about three years, and, uh, you know, you go through and you prove, prove who you are. Uh, we spent a little over 26 years in the process. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably about 16 years into the process, we submitted, and they said, well, you had some shortcomings. <laughs> you, 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 your, your shortcomings were that... In the in the twenties and thirties, you couldn't prove that you're having meetings, that you're you know that you're politically you know active in the community. So they're so they're literally asking you to provide meeting minutes to some yeah, extent that yeah. you're meeting on a regular basis. That you, that, that's wow. yeah, it wasn't wow. traditional, obviously. No, no, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> right. a bit. Yeah. But the other thing, the other the other factor, the other factor was is that it was illegal for three Indians to stand in the street and talk to each other. So, well, that would probably prevent you from meeting <laughs> yeah slight they organized meetings holy yeah. cow wow yeah. wow i can elaborate a little bit more on that too yeah so but uh, yeah well let's go ahead and take a quick break because i know there's a lot more to the story so we'll be right back with sam robinson here from the chinook indian nation you're listening to filibusters Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's A-D-C-O, the number one, dot com. KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information is available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com. 
Many thanks to our friends at Say Chow Catering, Columbia River Taproom and Eatery. Chef Peter has been cooking for over 20 years in the Vancouver area. Private events include wine tasting, wine dinners, appetizer parties, and cooking demos. Say Chow Taproom and Eatery boasts space for private events or drop-in for a quick refreshment and live music on Thursday and Friday evenings. Just a stone's throw away from the Columbia River, Say Chow Greater Vancouver's premier catering company. Conveniently located at 2501 Southeast Columbia Way, Suite 270 in Vancouver. More information available at www.say-chow.com. That's www.say-cio.com or directly at 360-210-5522. All right, welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here along with Sam Robinson, who is the vice chairman for the Chinook Indian Nation. And so we were having a conversation here before we, we took a break about these... Uh, illegal or secret meetings, if you will. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I know you, I know you got some more you'd like to talk about there. Well, like, like, I, like I was saying, you know, it was illegal for, uh, you know, Indians to, you know, have these meetings. And uh, mm. I was talking to my aunt, my auntie, uh, uh, probably about six months, eight months ago, and uh, she was telling me that my great aunties would get all dolled up and look like they're going to church or something, and mm. they'd have their knitting and their crocheting with them. And she would ask him and say, "Well, Auntie, are you are you going to uh, uh, over to so and so's house for a crocheting party or a knitting party?" And she would go over. She said, "No, we're going to an Indian meeting <laughs> wow. because because you couldn't let people know it was illegal in the twenties and thirties to be meeting, and yet when we go through federal recognition, yeah. you know they're requiring us to fill that gap." Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, you brought up earlier that you you do some instruction at Clark College. Can you tell us what you do there? Yeah, I, uh, I've uh, been asked to uh, uh, teach some classes, you know, for mature learning, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful class. You know, I think you need you need like seventeen people in order to have mm-hmm. a class. And I remember the first class that I uh, I taught. It was a five week class. Um, they told me they had to move me into another room. They were moving me into an auditorium because I had over forty two people nice. sign up. So nice. it was real nice, real nice. People wanted to learn more about Chinook, you know, and. Uh, first thing I like to remind people is that you only have to go back a little over 240 years, and it was only Chinook and Calitz and, and other Native groups that were in the area. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's real recent history compared to the East Coast. And mm. uh, so I like to. St- I always like to start, you know, the, I start out with talking about the ancestors and uh, go through that, and then I work my way up to today, you know, today's history, um, you know, what we do, you know, what we're out there doing. Uh, as a tribe and where we're at because of our not having status. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And then there was one course that I taught for five weeks. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to introduce them to more of the stuff that we're doing today. And then that would have been, you know, the traveling by canoe. You know, I think that's a huge thing, you know, and, and, and you've talked about these canoe trips. Yes. Uh, Yes. So so tell us a little bit about those. Well, we have several things going on. You know, I've done trips where, you know, I'll leave the, the, there was a village in Cathapotal or down by Ridgefield. It was called Uh Cathapotal, uh, 14 houses down there. And these houses, two of them were 50 feet wide and and 200 feet long. Wow. Uh, And when Lewis and Clark came down through here, they, they, they didn't stop at the village. They went by the village. They made note of it. But on the way back, they did stop. And there was over 900 Chinook people living there. Mm. And so it was a real, it was a real strategic Placed village, um, the village as it stood, 
at that time was uh, um, people lived in those same houses for over 400 years, so it was a very young village in Chinook time. Mm. Um, and it was strategically placed on Lake River, uh, Columbia River, uh, the confluence of G Creek and Lewis River, and then across from the Willamette River. So it was like a trading hub, yeah. you know, for Chinook people mm. uh, coming up and down the rivers. But anyway, so we, we, we would actually today, we would leave the, the uh, there was a, there's a house there today on the refuge. Uh, it's, a, it's supposed to have been a replica of the mm-hmm. houses down at Catholic but, you know, Chinook, we came in, we helped build that house, we blessed the house. Mm. Uh, we, today, we, we light fires in the house, we have ceremonies in the house, so we, we just consider it the most modern of Chinook houses. It's mm. not a replica, it's, mm. it's, it's a house, it has a soul. It was mm. made from live trees, so mm. it has a soul. Mm. And very important house to us. Uh, but we'll put, we'll put out there, and it's four days to the mouth of Columbia River, we'll paddle down there. Wow. Uh, that's one of the journeys we do. Mm. The other journey we do is it's a little bit bigger, and to, and uh, probably, I'm trying to remember when it started. I'm thinking it's about 28 years going now. Uh, we we travel uh, to a destination. We have pe- tribes that will host uh, other tribes. Okay. So we travel. And when the first the first journey was during the Centennial Accord, so it was like five tribes from uh, Quinault and uh, the whole river area and Queets and Quileute over there. They, they, they knew that their people hadn't bonded. There was people that hadn't bonded with their ancestors in a long time. And maybe maybe people, for sure people there, that may, hadn't been sober eight days in a row. Mm. So they started the sobriety paddle, and they paddled to Seattle. So they went around the horn, they paddled to Seattle. And that started growing. And today, in today's world, we'll, we'll paddle up into Canada. You know, our canoe's been all the way up to Bella Bella, you mm. know, on the northeast tip of Vancouver Island. We travel out in the ocean and up the coast. And in today's world, there's over 110 canoes arriving, representing all those different uh, nations, Indian nations. We have people come up from uh, uh, New Zealand, the Maori tribe, to be in Chinook and Grand Ronde canoes. Uh, Hmm. I've seen people from Thailand that join up with people. I travel next to a canoe from a little outrigger canoe from Hawaii. You know, so there's all these folks that are joining us to to, to do these canoe journeys, and and it's just wonderful. You know, uh, you. You start in a little village, and you uh, and you join those folks, and you uh, you know you pick them up the next day, and you move out. And when you come to another village, you ask for permission to come ashore because it's that's the way it is in Indian country. Mm. You know, if people came into Chinook country, they wanted to make sure that they were in one number one invited by us, and number two that they're accepted. Mm. And so we'll do that all the way up and. You eat well, you know those those those, those tribes. You know they're very proud right, of their seafood. You. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gooey duck chowder and all that other. We got to burn off those calories, you know. Oh sure, paddling. Oh, yeah. so. And so so we'll yeah, we'll paddle we'll paddle anywhere between eight and ten days, and we usually do about twenty six to forty miles a day. So we're out wow. th- we're out there yeah. about eight to twelve hours. So you typically do this in? I mean, I'm. Do I make the assumption it's during the summer? Yeah, it's usually, yeah, yeah, middle of July, middle of July, and sometimes... Not right now when it's about 20 degrees outside? No, we're hunkered yeah. down those plank houses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's why we lived in plank houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful movement, you know, and it's, it's just really great, and, you know, sharing all those cultures and, you know, getting up into Canada. I think the next two years we're going into Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2023, you'll be seeing canoes come through Vancouver because uh, Warm Springs is going to host in Salilo. Hmm. That kind of that kind of makes a, a Chinook a little bit nervous because uh, I imagine half the people will probably come down the coast and join with us. The other half might go upriver and come down. 
but uh, uh, we will be responsible for hosting at least at three stops, and we're we're a poor tribe, you know. Mm. So <laughs> we'll be asking some of those other tribes to help us out, wow. right? You know, but it's good. It'll be good to have a, a lot of canoes in the Chinook country, and not only do you have you know 110 canoes arriving, but then you have all the elders and the youth and you know, the people that travel with those canoes, the ground crews, and, you know, the dancers and so mm. on. So the host tribe, it's a, it's a huge endeavor because uh, they end up having to, you know, take care of people for, you know, about six days. And uh, you're talking about 10,000 Indians. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it could be upwards of millions. Mm. Well, see, and that's exciting because it's also something that's going to be uh, an event for the community as well. That everybody's going to be able to see all of these different tribes coming up in the yeah. different types of canoes and everything, and being able to, you know, maybe take part in that. It's all open to the public, yep. even even the meals. Oh well, there you, you go. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always encourage. You know, some of those journeys are being hosted by tribes. You know, like uh, um, Nisqually hosted one year, and Puyallup hosted one year, and I said Olympia. That's as close as it's going to get. You got to go up there. You got to go up there and see this. You know, because once that proto. Part of, part of protocol when you're traveling on those journeys is that you ask for permission to come ashore, they grant you permission, and mm-hmm. they say, we'll get you some showers, and, and we've got a snack here. Sometimes it's just oysters or clams cooking right on the beach. Uh, and then they feed you dinner, and then afterwards you show your gratitude by singing and dancing. Mm. And then when you pick up those folks, you move on, you continue mm-hmm. that all along the way. And then when you get to the final area, that singing and dancing goes on for six or seven days. And you always start with the people that travel the furthest away to the nearest. So, you know, you'll hear a lot of Canadian and Alaskan and, you know, of course, Maori, you know, because they, you know, they join us. Right. And they'll be mm. out there. And, mm. and so it's, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful uh, uh, thing for people to witness is all this culture. And it's really, it's really kind of, you know, one of my memorable things about on the journey every year is that, you know, you got these Canadians coming in. And the Hausa tribe, you know, we're all on the same radio frequency. And when the Hausa tribe comes into the uh, uh, United States, they'll say, are there any of those John Waynes out there? <laughs> as soon as they cross into the United States, you know, so it's nice. kind, of, kind of funny. <laughs> so, Mike, we were going to ask something about the, uh, we we're going to go into the more of the federal recognition. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you're... As we go back to what we kind of started talking about federal recognition and the continued struggle to get there, and again, I bumped the microphone. I'm sorry, man. Today, my hands are just going everywhere today. So it's the Italian in you. It is. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. And the coffee. That's low. It's a combination. You get Italian coffee going, the hands just start flying around. So, kind of fast forward to uh, you know the last uh, twenty or so years and your work in and trying to get federal status, federal recognition. As you say, the uh, in the early '70s there were some changes and, and there was a process put in place. Let's kind of walk us through since then into the last 20 years of what you guys have been trying to do to get to get over these hurdles that they've sort of they've placed in front of you. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, well, I think uh, one one thing is is that you know uh, let people know why federal recognition is so important. Obviously, you know we feel really rich in our culture mm-hmm. and we know where we came from and we have our communities. You know that's all very important, but when it comes down to, you know, getting, you know, uh, health care for our elders or our youth or educational help, things like that, resources like that, you know, it's hugely important. But one, one that really hits me is, is that we don't even have the rights to protect the bones of our ancestors. We don't have NAGPRA rights. So, 
like a federal tribe would. Mm. You know, we have to go, if, if there's issues in our area, we have to go and uh, ask a neighboring tribe to help us out. Mm. If there's somebody, you know, want to drag some, do some logging and drag to some burial sites or wow. whatnot. So, um, Hmm. You know, over the years, of course, in, in Pacific County especially, you know, we've we've uh, had pretty good relationships with a lot of folks in the county. So if, if the government tries to do something, you know, that's going to uh, mess up with mess up with our ancestors, you know, uh, they, they, they help put the foot down. But uh, for us, you know, uh, federal status is huge, huge and, uh, you know, take, taking care of us. Now, the other thing is, is, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of tribes, you know, they... You know, they, they respect Chinook. Um, but when it comes to dealing with the state or federal government, you know, it gives you a different seat at the table if you're federally recognized. Mm. And I think it's important that Chinook has a, has a bigger voice at the, at the table. I always try to tell folks that federal recognition, not only does it help Chinook, but it's going to help the community. You know, I mean, when it comes to natural resources out there, you know, Indian tribes know better than anybody on how to, you know, protect those fish or protect those oysters or protect, you know, you know our ancestors were doing it for, for a long time. Mm. When, you know, when the settlers came in and saw those pristine valleys and everything, they didn't realize that it, it just didn't grow that way. Those, you know, those, Indian, those native people were taking care of it. Right. Um, so it's hugely important, you know, to have our input out there for taking care of things. Um, there and, and so yeah, there, there, there's quite a bit that we can do, you know. And, and one one of the things that we got our eyes on right now is that we realize that in Pacific and Wakayakum County, and even in our tribe today, we still have some of this. You know, we don't have a reservation, but we still have issues in our community. So mm -hmm. we want to uh, um, have a, a mental health uh, a drug rehab. Uh, alcohol rehab center, and we okay. want we want to build one, and we want to mm. open it up to the community. So we we want to help, you know. So there's a lot of things. We if we have federal status, we would be a big partner in the community. Mm. Now, did if I remember correctly, you guys actually did get federal recognition under this act uh, back in I think it was 2001. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yes, at the uh, at the end of the Clinton administration, uh, Kevin Gover took became the you know the uh, the head of the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs for quite some time were uh, you know kind of kind of against Chinook being recognized. We we couldn't understand it, you know. We just kind of felt well, maybe there's some other tribes out there that are a little more powerful than us at the time because mm -hmm. they did have status that didn't want us to be recognized. So when Kevin Gover came in and he he uh, uh, got the recommendation not to recognize Chinook, he um, he hired a couple of attorneys from the solicitor's office and he went through all of our documentation and uh, he called back our counsel one day and he says, "I want you to come back to D.C. Uh, I want you back here, you know, in a certain amount of time, and we don't 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 let anybody know you're coming, you know." Wow. And so when they got back there, you know, I got a wonderful picture. Even Brian came down, you know, Brian Baird, you mm. know, to be, be there for the signing and the witness the signing. And, and, and we signed our recognition that day in 2001. And so we were rec recognized. You know, it, it came down because of executive order. You know, I mean, it came down through the end. And it was signed. And it was, it was, it was great. And there's more to that story. More. I know there's more. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more filibusters here with Sam Robinson from the Chinook Indian Nation.
support for KXRW comes from David's Trains, buyer and collector of old toy trains, including Lionel, Flyer, Ives, and Marks. He is interested in old transportation-related toys as well as toy trains from the late 1800s to the 1960s. For appraisal, you can call him at 360-576-1602. That's 360-576-1602. Carpet City of Vancouver is a local flooring business and family owned for 44 years. Flooring options include carpet, hardwood, laminate, tile, stone, and countertops. Carpet City of Vancouver is more than just a flooring specialty store. They are expert trained in flooring and design for kitchens, living rooms, bedrooms, and bathrooms. Carpet City of Vancouver can help you find the floor for the way you want to live. More information available at www.carpetcityofvancouver.com. KXRW Community Radio wants to thank our friends and sponsors at Boomerang Therapy Works, where exercise is medicine. At Boomerang, they offer a variety of one-on-one treatment options that can be tailored to your health and wellness. They offer physical therapy, massage therapy, personal trainers, exercise programs, group classes, and specialize in customized Parkinson's treatments. Located in downtown Vancouver, more info available at BoomerangTherapyWorks.com, where exercise is medicine. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Filibusters. Mike and John here, along with our guest, Sam Robinson from the Chinook Indian Nation, Vice Chairman, here sharing their story. And we were in the midst of of an important story, uh, history here federal recognition and the struggles you've gone through here and now this is we're in 2001 and kind of walk us through 2001 and what happened we know we got our federal recognition signed and we're feeling really really good about that we're Mm -hmm. preparing for a celebration um one thing we did realize though it was kind of lurking in the back is that there was a 90-day appeal process uh for the recognition Mm -hmm. And um, we knew that we knew that the Cowlitz, when they got their recognition signed, it was appealed, and um, and and they successfully, you know, won their appeal. Uh, we we waited, we waited, and sure enough, on the 89th day of uh, uh, of the 90-day appeal process, a, another tribe moved in and, and appealed our recognition, and that that little tribe there was the uh, a Quinault tribe up up the coast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, of course, there's always uh, wonders why they appealed us. You know, we, we have our theories, you know, and I think they're pretty good, and we may want to talk that in a future show. <laughs> uh, but a lot of politics, a lot of things go on in Indian politics. So, uh, but we won, we won the appeal, but then the, uh, the Quinaults uh, questioned the process itself, you know, the, the criteria. There's eight criteria, and they said that we didn't meet one of the criteria, And, of course, that criteria... That we didn't, they said we didn't meet, or the federal government said we didn't meet, was the the fact that we uh, were, weren't having those illegal meetings in the 20s and 30s that we weren't allowed to Back have. Back to those again. Back to those again. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so it, it got it, it actually got held up to get into the uh, uh, the next administration because this was at the end of the Clinton administration. It got okay. into the Bush administration, new people in office. And next thing you know, 180 days later, 180 days, I mean, you know, governments have timelines when they're supposed to be able to take care of things, you know, and they fully exceeded their timeline. But on 180 days later, um, our chairman, Gary Johnson, and his wife were back in D.C., and they were having a luncheon with George and Laura Bush 
because of the Lewis and Clark commemoration mm-hmm. coming down. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was great because they only invited the federally recognized tribal leaders along along the you know the Lewis and Clark Trail. And mm-hmm. so they were back there feeling really good about it, knowing knowing that the federal government was going to make a, uh, 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 a decision on what to do. And sure enough, they, they were getting ready to go back, you know, and get on the plane to head home. And they get a call about 4.30 like they do in D.C. And it, was, it wasn't, you know, any high-status high person. It was just some middle management person to call up and let us know that we were turned down, that they pulled our recognition. Mm. So we, we, we sat around wondering what to do. You know, what are we going to do? You know, we don't have the money to, to get an attorney to sue. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of questions, you know. And, and it took us a couple of years to lick our wounds to figure out what to do uh, with that. You know, eventually uh, uh, Brian Baird approached us. And Brian Baird was wonderful, wonderful fortune. Former congressman here in the 3rd District here in Southwest yes. Washington. Right. Yes, definitely. And, and uh, um you know, he wanted to help take care of that injustice. Mm-hmm. And so he put a bill forward and uh, worked hard for us, you know, to get that bill moving. And uh, uh, But, it, you know, Brian was getting out of office and neither one of the senators would pick it up, you know. Uh, so it kind of just it, it, it stagnated before he could get out, mm. you know. So uh, today, you know, in today's world, you know, um, we feel really blessed that we ha- we have an uh, an attorney that was a friend of uh, uh, some of our elders, you know, that had passed and and mm-hmm. knew the Chinook story really well. A really really prominent uh, uh, attorney, he's put together a really good legal team, and we're, we're suing the federal government. You know, we're suing the federal government for a couple things. You know, one we're suing them because we want to be federally recognized, uh, and we think a judge a judge can do that. It has happened before with the Samish tribe, so mm-hmm. precedence has been set. The other thing was is that uh, um, to doc, there's a thing called DACA 234, and that's when the federal government decided they'd come in and pay us, you know, pennies pennies per acre for all of our land, mm. millions of acres. And uh, we the money we didn't take the money because we felt it was so so small, but we let it sit in the bank and ride, and it, it grew up to about a half a million dollars, mm. you know. And even as poor as we are today, we didn't touch it, and we said we'll just let it grow. Well, somewhere along the line, they stopped sending us the statements. And we're saying, well, why? And they said, well, because you're not a federally recognized tribe. And they said, well, you know, when you gave us that land, there was no process to be federally recognized. So we're the same people that we were yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. So we're suing for that money. Mm. And then, then you know, the, the, when the federal government decided they'd come in and they'd rewrite the criteria, you know, because of those, you know, eight, eight questions. And not a lot of the federally recognized tribes today could not meet the criteria of that recognition process. And so they rewrote, the, rewrote that, and, uh, um, you know, and, and we were told that, you know, Chinook was going to be the poster child for this, this process that, you know, I mean, it would fit us to a T. Right. Well, somewhere along the line with Indian politics, you know, uh, as they go, um, it came down, you know, uh, we, we got rumor that, that that might not be the case for Chinook. And so the uh, the assistant secretary put out a call, you know, to all you know, about 170 different pe- groups or people, you know, that could have been on this call. And I made sure I wanted to get on the call. I wanted to hear what this new criteria was as vice chairman. Mm-hmm. And so I called up, and I'm waiting. And then he comes on. He says, "Well, you know, I, I look at I look out there, and there's only there's only two of you on the call. You mind telling me who you are?" 
And the first person was Tony Johnson, the chairman of the Chinook Indian Nation, and the second one was me, the vice chairman. <laughs> we were the only two on the call. Hmm. So we, he says, well, I'll get started talking about, you know, the criteria, as it, it, the new criteria, and you can stop me any time. So about 10 minutes into it, Tony stopped him, and he says, will Chinook be able to repetition? And he said, no. He said, You've, you went through the process before, and we just feel that it's important that others that haven't been able to go through it go through it again. Mm. It would have been easy to go with us. I mean, we, we have eight and a half feet high of paperwork that we, we submitted for our recognition. You know, we, we, could have, we could have easily went through that process, but we're, we have to sue to go through that process today. Mm. So. And so I noticed on your website you had, had gone to court. Now that was like in 2015 or 2018. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we're still in court. You know, like we've, we're feeling pretty good about the judge. You know, he, he seems to get, get it. You know, he did a little preliminary thing, and uh, uh, he clearly stated in about uh, uh, three paragraphs that Chinook had been getting jerked around for 150 <laughs> years. So he gets that. He didn't feel that he, he said he didn't feel that he could recognize us on the spot. He thought that was, uh, you know, above his payroll. But we tried to tell him that, you know, because he's a federal judge that he could and precedent had been set. But I think what we're looking for today is we know that, you know, no matter what decision he makes on all of that, um, that we're going to end up in the Ninth Circuit Court. The Bureau of Indian Affairs is not going to back down. Hmm. You know, I think one of the things we need to do is work with, you know, uh, our, our, the, our congresswomen and, and the senators to make them tell, you know, tell the BIA to back down. You know, I think it's important, you know, and, uh, but, uh, no, we're going to, we're going to end up in, we're going to end up the Ninth Circuit. You know, we're prepared for that. We have a great legal team, you know, all pro bono. The people just want to help us out. I think they want a legacy, you know, and mm -hmm. they want to help Chinook. And uh, we're ready to go the ninth, and if we have to go beyond that, we will. You know, I, I just, what really bothers me is that, you know, I know that I'm not the first generation to work on this. I'm probably about the fourth or fifth generation to work on this, and we, we're fast losing our elders, you know. I mean, we have a lot of people that, you know, were so close, or even at the time we were recognized that passed, hmm. you know, not knowing that we weren't recognized at the time they actually passed because nobody wanted to tell them that they, they, took, they pulled it from us. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate that this that this is happening and that the struggle continues. And I, I know that you're you're doing some outreach efforts, as you mentioned. That's one of the things you you, you think you, you should be doing and are doing as as vice chairman to to um, elected officials and jurisdictions to to get that support to maybe give the political nudge, if you will, to those that can have some influence on it. I think it's hugely important, and it's just—it's amazing how much support you get out there when you tell our story, you know. And I know how many people don't know Chinook's not fairly recognized. Yeah. We have tribes on canoe journeys that don't know we're not fairly recognized, you know. But they recognize us as an Indian tribe, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they know who we are. They—they—they they, they, they respect the fact that we held on to a lot of our culture and uh, really feel good about that. But today, my goal is to get out and speak as many people as I can, uh, you know, social groups you know, uh, uh, city councils, uh, whatever it is, to get support letters, you know, get those letters that we can, we want them sent to our tribal office. They can send them to, you know, the Congress, congressional, or they can send them to uh, senators on both sides of, you know, Washington and Oregon. Sure. But we want, we want the originals in our hands because we're going to go back to D.C. and we're going to hand them a stack of papers and say, hey, here, here, here's the people that are supporting us today. 
the other thing that I'd like to see a lot of people do, uh, there's a documentary out there called The Promised Land, and mm -hmm. there's the opportunity to sponsor that film and have the, the filmmakers bring it in. And it's, it's a, about a 90-minute documentary. We, when, they, when they did the filming for that documentary, they filmed over 100 hours of, of interviews. So wow. it's a really good resource for but not only Chinook, but the Duwamish tribe, because the Duwamish are uh, in that film, too. So you got Chinook, the most written-about tribe in the Northwest. you got the Duwamish hereditary chief is Chief Seattle. Both mm -hmm. of us aren't federally recognized. We have no federal status. Mm. Uh -oh. So what's the best way then to get in contact with you? Would you would you suggest for people who are listening or interested in in lending a letter of support or, or just contacting you and figuring out how they can help? I, I you know, I think the easiest way for me, because I do have a day job, <laughs> is is to contact our tribal office, Chinook, Chinook okay. and, and contact the tribal office and uh, they'll they'll direct you. Uh, to the right, to the right area, you know, and, and uh, they'll, they'll even let me know someone's being contacted, and if I have time, I can get out to them, you know. But uh, uh, and I, I used to, I used to hide pretty good, you know, but now I think people can go online, and just Google and find me, you know. So you know, <laughs> you no really, hiding. if you really want, to, I, there's a network of people that are willing to give up my contact information. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, we really appreciate you coming on here with us today. I think you know. Any opportunity that we have to to help you tell the story, you know, we'll bring you back again. No questions asked. If there's anything we can help to help you do, we'll we'll do what we can through our show to make sure that we get the information out there. That maybe we'll get the website link on there if we can. Yeah, we'll put the website link on our Facebook page, and mm -hmm. uh, when we do this, um, when we put the event on our. our Facebook page, we'll put that on there as well. Uh, the other thing too is that I think we discussed this a little bit is, is that we may, uh, as the radio station here, see if we can figure out a way to get your Promised Land video um, aired in the in this local area so that people can actually come and see that and then get a little bit better understanding as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a wonderful documentary and really really blessed that they they, they contacted us to do that. <laughs> And how long ago was that made again? When was that? Oh, wow, you're stretching my memory. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty recent. I think it's probably been out for about four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, we have a couple minutes left, John, if you'd like to. Um, well, you know, we warned, we warned Sam that if we had any time left, we'd be doing some trivia. So we're going to, we're going to, I think John's going to feverishly prepare here. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a, I'm going to pull trivia. up a trivia site. Here. <laughs> but Sam, again, thank you. Oh, so thank much you. for thank you or hi Amasi as we say in Chinook. Many thanks. Well, hi Amasi. Hi Amasi. Yes. Ah. All right. See yeah. now, now I know eight languages. <laughs> well, all right, it's just all right, one, one. Anyway, Bare right. and you barely know that one. I, I barely. <laughs> you do. struggle. Uh, One hundred and fifty <laughs> words best. So why don't you tell people the rules? While all I'm right. So the rule, the rules are the rules are we'll be competing. I guess it's going to be me and you competing. John's going to ask a trivia question. So what we always do is we invite the guests, since we can't raise our hands on the radio and let know who's who's going to go first. I know the answer. I know the answer is you pick an animal and you make that sound. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so I'll give you I'll give you the first choice of picking the animal you'd like to use. And so whenever, if you know the answer, you just make that sound and then John will choose you. Wow. Animal sounds, huh? Mm -hmm. yeah. you, you can get creative if you want here. <laughs> I mean, I, I, what was I last time? A platypus? Yeah, try to make you a platypus or yeah. something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So what animal would you like to choose? Oh, wow. 
See, t- typically people go with like dog or cat. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I think I'll have to go dog. Yeah. All right, make, see? make it easy. That yeah, one's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just do the cat since it's just... No, John, you know what? You pick it for me. You, you did so well no, with the no. platypus last time. I, I want him to be the cat, and I want you to be the angry lady. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. not a... No, no, no. no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Yeah. All right, so Sam's the dog, and... I'll be a cat. He'll be the okay. cat. All right. All right, so... All right, here we go. Let's do it. Here we go. The... And, th- and this is not... And you're going to give us the category, right? The genre, if you will, of trivia? No, it's just general. I mean, it's general, but you'll... Yeah, it's, it's but you're going to say this is a... Uh, you're going to tell us, like, it's pop culture or something? No. Oh, okay. No, we're yeah. just going to pull them out. Fine, then. All right. That's the way they came up here on the on the interwebs. Oh, boy. All right. This so is actually, always interesting. It's funny with this big old argument here. Now, the first one here is... Uh, all right, now, you guys ready? I'm ready. All ready. right. True or false? <laughs> Cats can be allergic to humans. Boof. I'm going to say yes. And the answer is true. Yeah. Uh. All right, so this is best two out of three. 50-50 so. chance there on that one. I should have I should have went for it. All right. So here we go. Uh, let's see the which one of these, which one of the following was not one of the original six National Hockey League teams? Oh, okay. I might get this one. Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins, Detroit Red Wings, New York Rangers. Meow. That was like a California cat. Meow. Me wow. Me wow. <laughs> it is the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'm a Pittsburgh correct. Penguins fan, so. Well, there you go. Then yeah. you should have known that That was one. sort of a gimme. John doesn't know anything about sports, so he didn't know that. So we're tied now. I would be lost at hockey, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is for the win. Okay. This is for the win. <laughs> the five tribes of the Chinook, Chinook Indian Nation are... Woof. <laughs> I think you got this one. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, Castlamet, Willapaw, Wakaikum, and Lower Chinook. Nice. Uh, well, nice Mike, you could have had it, but had it. I think we had a ringer there. All so right. that's like... <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You, Unfortunately, no prize. But uh-huh. well, you get the bragging rights to the next show. And our respect. Yeah. That's, well, that's know, a prize The prize is being here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, we had uh, Sam Robinson here from the Chinook Indian Nation, the vice chairman. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We'll be back with more filibusters here in just a moment. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at ADCO Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. ADCO features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's A-D-C-O, the number one, dot com. KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information is available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com. Many thanks to our friends at Say Chow Catering, Columbia River Taproom and Eatery. Chef Peter has been cooking for over 20 years in the Vancouver area. Private events include wine tasting, 
wine dinners, appetizer parties, and cooking demos. Say Chow Taproom and Eatery boasts space for private events or drop-in for a quick refreshment and live music on Thursday and Friday evenings. Just a stone's throw away from the Columbia River, Say Chow Greater Vancouver's premier catering company. Conveniently located at 2501 Southeast Columbia Way, Suite 270 in Vancouver. More information available at www.say-chow.com. That's www.say-chow.com or directly at 360-210-5522. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Filibusters. Mike here and John. We are back. That was a fabulous interview it was it was a i mean a really interesting story and 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 an unfortunate story honestly unfortunate but educational because i mean that's one of the things that we need to do as a people is to be able to better understand our neighbors and the chinook nation is our neighbors are our neighbors and and to learn the history of this land that we're on that we've we don't know. I mean, a lot of us don't know the history. I, I've learned a lot in the last couple of months since getting to having having a meeting with Sam and, and learning more and doing some research. And it's shame on me. Well, right. <laughs> you know, no, but, we, but there's a lot more we 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 hope that people can can get the information on, and that's part of the reason why we did this show. And we're we'll make sure that the information, you know, if there's any other opportunities to get out there and learn more about the Chinook or any other tribes around here that are working on getting their getting the information out there about their culture, what they're doing, educating people on the history. We want to make sure we can share that story. Absolutely. Cause I mean, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we live and breathe this area and we're so proud of it. And yet we need to have a fuller understanding of, of the folks that have been here for so much longer than us. It is, it is. And typically, you know, we have a little bit of fun on the show and we, mm-hmm. I felt like this was such a serious topic that, you know, I, 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 during the, you know, as we're doing this and Sam actually, you know, we cracked some jokes with Sam off, off, right. off the record, if you will, in between breaks and stuff, but it was such a serious, I didn't want to take away from it. I didn't, you know, typically we kind of goof off a little more. I feel like this was such a serious topic and that I really wanted to make sure that we, we were able to, to listen and make sure we got questions in that we thought were really important and give, give Sam the opportunity. And I bumped the microphone again. How many times am I going to bump the microphone? Oh, I'm going to tie my, my hands behind my back. You. I'm going to tie my hands. Behind. Okay. But it was really important for us to, to do that. That's, right. That's why I didn't, um, you know, or crack, you didn't. Crack wise. No, no, no dad jokes today. No dad jokes. Maybe now, but. But no, you know, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I agree with you. I think it was something that was, was important. And, uh, but I also thank Sam for being able to, you know, at the end of the, our session there with him to be able to do what we do with everybody else, you know, have have a little trivia and guess what? He won. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I get it. You want to let the guests win. I understand. (laughs) I understand. I understand. Well, I gave you the brewer, the Pittsburgh penguins. But you had no idea. That wasn't intentional. But I I did kind of know because I would, I saw it was Pittsburgh and I saw the, and I know that you're a a big sports fan. So, okay. It's all good. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just 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 throw something at you, John. Talk. This is me. what they call improv. All right. Don't say no. What was the improv thing? Just say yes. So yeah. everything's yes and. Yes and. Okay. Get to know your co-host better. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Uh oh. It's kind of like a truth or dare question. Yes You're and. Tell me. Yes and. Yeah. So <laughs> real quick, and you can do it back to me. Very okay. good. Okay. So John, what is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. 
Hmm. I mean, there's been so many things. I know. I know. It oh, takes I know. It's like I, I have <laughs> you gotta to get, like, you, you gotta dig you, way back here. You want me to prioritize? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> wow. You gotta prep me for these things because I don't. I, no. I can't think of anything right now. Off so the top much of for my your head. So much for spontaneity. Yes, and that was the worst thing. Now. Um. No, I can't think of anything. I mean, I know that I've done stuff, but I can't think of anything right now. Co-hosting the show. Co-hosting the show. Is that no, embarrassing? No, it's not embarrassing. I actually love this. This is what I live for every every other week. Oh, sure it is. <laughs> Gosh, well, you asked me that question. I don't know. Gonna have you, to... you remember when, when George Bush was a George Bush couldn't admit a mistake he made? Right. So this is kind of like your moment. You're not admitting you're, you've ever been embarrassed. So, oh no, I've been embarrassed. I know. I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you a hard time now. Uh, probably right now, the fact that I can't think of anything. See, exactly. It's like I'm, usually, I'm quipping off stuff all left and right. And well, unfortunately, boy, the timing is great. So what's your, unfortunately, what's your most... we're out of time. I can't answer that question right now. Oh, we only man. have a few seconds left. You're gonna have to bring that up next show. <laughs> next show, the most embarrassing thing that John Oberg has ever done. Well, we got we got a few things on tap coming up here in the next uh, few weeks, next few shows, a couple yeah. shows lined up. Some really exciting stuff. So we're we're uh, we're going to be gearing up here as we get into the new year, bring you more um, riveting, riveting local political and issue content by the number one rated Clark County sent. Uh, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Clark County, Vancouver, KXRW radio show named Filibusters. We're number one. We're number one. That's all matters. We're number one. That's what I'm talking about. All right. And for our, how many listeners are we up to now? 68 plus the ones that came over from that other radio station minus the ones that left. We're at four. Four. Perfect. (laughs) We're the the number one show for four people. That's what I'm talking about. And we're two of them. So, oh no. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to Filibusters. For John, this is Mike. Take care. We'll see you later. Big shout out to our friends at Vancouver Pizza Company for supporting KXRW Vancouver. This family-owned pizza restaurant offers 25 specialty pizzas along with fresh salads, hot sandwiches, wings, and their famous breadstick. The spacious dining room is a great place to gather and play board games. Can come in? Ask for delivery or pickup. Their delivery area also includes our friends in North Portland. Vancouver Pizza Company also specializes in large groups, birthday parties, and catering. More information available at VancouverPizza.net.